Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Listen then for the voice of God. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the, having, the, uh, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, values others, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And in your relationships with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a human being. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. And it might be helpful if you kept the Bibles open. Um, we will work our way through that text. It's helpful if you can see it again. I'm told that after being hit by a car, I repeatedly ask the doctor, when will I be able to run? I had a severed artery, a fractured femur, a blown out knee, a separated pelvis, a gaping hole in my calf, a rack of broken ribs, a punctured lung, and I was asking about running. I don't remember anything from the first week. But I do remember trying to move as soon as they'd let me. Even just a step or two. I remember trying to walk without the walker or the brace or the boot. I remember trying to get across the room hmm. to the end of the hall, to the end of the block and eventually trying to run at night on empty streets. I wanted to get back to the only life I knew, and so as soon as I could muster any movement, I was on a bike, in the pool, or on the road. I was trying to get back to basics. Pandemic policies the denomination's human sexuality debate, the splintering of the American body politic, the soup of information and misinformation, the ebb and flow of people retiring, graduating, taking new jobs, moving, 
and funerals for friends and family. And, 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 and it can feel like Hope Church got hit by a car. Dear friends, there's no missing that these last years have taken a toll. We did the best we could to navigate the road in front of us. But if you measure things like worship attendance, numbers of kids in programs, babies, baptisms, and transfers, it feels like we got knocked into a ditch. The only measure that matters is how does a church embody and proclaim the gospel? How does it gather and nurture followers of Jesus Christ? But over the last few years, it's been easy to look at other measures and get discouraged or think we should try something different, do something different, be something different. It's been easy to wonder if we should change to thrive or maybe just to survive. But in dis discouragement, I look back to basics. And the only movement I can muster is toward the basic commitments of the only life we've known. And for hope, getting back to basics means trying to follow Philippians 2, 1 through 11 as a way to live out the gospel. And so in that spirit, let us consider the basics of Hope Church. This is the annual State of the Church sermon. I don't think I've ever, um, hmm. I don't think I've ever tried to be as clear um, or that's been as important to me. The beginning of our text is addressed to a community. If you, plural, so you all, if y'all have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then it will be found in our life together. Paul writes to the ecclesia in Philippi. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church. It literally means the called out ones. The church is called out to be an alternative community, a community united in identification with Jesus Christ. And so at our most basic, we're called together, not by ethnicity, not by education, political persuasion, worship style, economic class, sexual orientation, 
or theological impulse, but by belonging to Jesus Christ. You may have better friends in other places. You may be more comfortable with others. You may have disagreements with one another. Look around. But at its best, church is an intergenerational web of mutually dependent people who, to use the language of our text, are united in Christ and value others above themselves. But community is hard to do. Community is hard to do. We live 45 minutes in all directions. New people wonder how they'll find substantive connections. Old people harbor old habits. We've all got busy lives and boatloads of issues. And I can bear witness that political posturing on social media doesn't serve us well. There's hurt, disappointment, and bewilderment on both sides of the aisle. But to embody the gospel is to be in community against the tide of individualism, loneliness, and tribalism. We're longing for, searching for, and trying to build community united in Christ. Next part of the text. Our text reads that our relationships with one another would arise out of the same attitude of mind. Now, that's an odd phrase, attitude of mind. Because the translator is trying to communicate that mind here means more than thinking or rationality. It's the fullness of human disposition, psyche, worldview. It's a way of relating to creation. And therefore, to follow Christ is not just to be part of a community, but it invites a habit of heart and mind. So this morning, we're starting Sunday school and adult education with really gifted, wonderful teachers, Sunday school teachers. We've launched new seasons of God Loves Me and Children in Worship, and we will soon start a new education worship class for kids and a Bible study for women. I hope that other studies will start because even with all of its complexity and obscurity, if he hadn't dropped the Bible, this is where he holds it up, <laughs> we find our bearings in this ancient text and in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that calls for a measure of biblical literacy in a post-biblical culture. That calls for the deep roots of the Reformed tradition in a rootless culture. Contemporary culture has a curriculum that shapes mind, body, and spirit. The ecclesia, 
church is called to a different curriculum. And that requires an investment of time, attention, and self. A once a week, 18 minute sermon isn't gonna cut it. 1,600 words. This week, 1,700, so. Gonna go along. Community, education. And then the second half of our text is thought to be one of the first Christian hymns. Therefore, it's helpful to think of the first verses of our text as a preacher encouraging a congregation and building it to a homiletical high point. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. And in your relationships with one another, have the same attitude of mind as Christ Jesus had who, and then just at that crescendo, the preacher breaks into song. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage, rather he made himself nothing and outrolls this beautiful hymn where the movement from deity to death and the Greek word here, which does not show up very well in our translation, but the Greek word here is kenosis, emptying. This early hymn proclaims the staggering mystery of a self-emptying God. And that's to say, that's to say that we're little more than a liturgical country club or a pencil-necked book club if our life together is just community and education. To be shaped in the mind of Christ is to be engaged in this world in love and service. We exist for kenosis, to empty ourselves for the sake of others. Now that's hard to define and even harder to, to live into. But by both vocation and avocation, we're called to pursue, bear witness to, and empty ourselves for the sake of creation, shalom. So, in a couple weeks, Moises and Aaron Pacheco will mark one year in their own worship space as they plant grace in Garfield Park. They can testify that it's harder than they thought. But with hope's blessing and support, they're living into their calling to birth a new multi-ethnic intergenerational church. And we've got folks this morning serving breakfast at Roseland Christian Ministries. 
We provide lunches every month and have folks helping every week. And that little Southside congregation knows us as partners. We recently helped sponsor and settle an Afghan refugee family. We consistently link up in support of Elam. Together we cope and Christian schools in all sorts of contexts. Our deacons list opportunities for service almost every week. And they're looking for new missionary support in the new year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in 20 years, we've only missed paying 100% of our denominational ministry shares once. That's almost one-third of our annual budget going to the work and witness all over the world. Thanks be to God. The basics. Community, education, servanthood. Peter, Peter Marty, a friend, pastor of a big Lutheran church, editor of the Christian Century, and the son of Martin Marty, a leading American church historian, called this week. By upbringing and career, there are few better equipped to talk about the church in America than Peter. And he told me that when they got the post-pandemic all clear to return to in-person worship, they canceled their live stream worship. They kept the sermon podcast, but they turned off the cameras. He said, what we do in worship requires our bodies, holy and broken, singing together, celebrating the Eucharist, seeing the communion, seeing one another, listening, praying. It's too abundant to leave to a flat screen. It means too much, and in our traditions, it just makes for bad TV. He's right. Now, we're not going to turn off the cameras yet. Our live stream has been helpful for folks in all sorts of spaces and all sorts of places, and I'm really, really grateful for that. But to get back to basics is to be gathered in worship. Our text descends to death on a cross, and from there it reaches to the highest places in heaven wherein all people, in time and space, fall on their knees to worship Jesus Christ. The movement is from kenosis, emptying, to cosmic lordship. Our text starts in being united in Christ, traverses through the cross, and ends in all creation joined in worship. Worship 
is the one constant that gathers us together. We're united in bowing and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, you're still with me? Now, not unlike coffee or Cabernet, worship at hope is an acquired taste. Our liturgical folksy worship and quirky preaching takes some getting used to. But we're consistently led by intergenerational voices in prayer, liturgy, and music. We invest in the gifts of Dora, Lynn, Dave, Bev, and Aaron because each brings a unique musical voice, draws out the gifts of others, and is committed to congregational singing. There's no worshiptainment. There's a reason they're in the back. Back to basics. Community, education, servanthood, worship. To do less than that is to forsake our reason for being. To do more than that is to lose track of our reason for being. So I don't know what the road, where the road will lead. I don't know the coming splits, bumps, rocky passages, and slippery slopes. I can't see the next crash. But no matter the road, we're called to these basics. Next week, we're gathering on Sunday evening to think about why we choose hope and what we dream for hope. We'll try to build on what we appreciate, affirm, and hope. We've got lots of flaws. And there are all sorts of churches for all sorts of people. But we'll try to imagine the future to which God calls hope. I hope you'll join us. I didn't, I didn't know any other way back after the crash than to go back to the basics. Philippians 2, 1 through 11, has been our basic framework for 19 years. May God continue to bless our life together. Amen.